0: Welcome to Created to Reign, a production of the Cornwall Alliance for the stewardship of creation. The Cornwall Alliance is a ministry dedicated to helping fulfill the mandate God gave mankind in Genesis one twenty-eight to subdue and rule the earth in a way that enhances its fruitfulness, its beauty, and its safety for the glory of God and the benefit of our neighbors. I am David Arley Gates, and our topic today is snow. If you have followed the news over the last couple of weeks, you know that the Buffalo area received more than six feet, yes, feet, of lake effect snow. I was recently asked by a friend if we would have a white Christmas. While I indicated I do have a personal relationship with he who can make it happen, I am not privy to his intent in this matter. But to climate change activists, snow is white gold. If the planet is warming, for any reason, it should be obvious that we should receive less snow. To get snow, you need three ingredients. Moisture in the atmosphere, a mechanism to get it to condense, and air temperatures that are near or below freezing. I say near or below freezing because most precipitation, especially in thunderstorms, actually begins as snow or ice crystals. If these snowflakes or ice crystals fall through a layer that is warm enough and thick enough to allow them to thaw, then we get rain which is often what happens. But if it is cold enough, then the snowflakes or ice crystals do not have enough time to thaw, and thus we get snowfall or an ice storm. But if the atmosphere warms and activists tell us that increasing carbon dioxide concentrations will greatly warm the planet, especially colder regions, then we should get less snow. So in years where snow is minimal or non-existent, activists can exclaim with glee, see, this is what you would expect from global warming. But I said that to climate change activists, snow is white gold. Why? Well, let's go back to our three requirements. Moisture, a mechanism, and cold temperatures. If we assume that temperatures warm but remain cold enough that the precipitation still falls as a solid, then warming would still provide snow or ice. But the saturation vapor pressure of water increases with increasing air temperature. Or put simply, warmer air that is saturated will have more water vapor than colder air that is saturated. Saturated simply means that the water vapor content of the air cannot exceed this value. Have you ever heard the phrase, it is too cold to snow? Well, the scientifically correct phrase should be, it is too cold to get much snow. The amount of moisture in extremely cold air, even if it is saturated, is very small. Temperatures at the South Pole never get anywhere near freezing. But the annual precipitation is only about three inches of snow since the temperatures are so cold and cold air cannot produce much snow. Warmer temperatures, but still below freezing, will produce more snow because warmer air that is saturated will have more moisture than colder air that is saturated. So in years where snow is heavy, activists also can exclaim with glee See, this is what you would expect from global warming. So more snow, global warming. Less snow, global warming. It is the perfect world for activists where both extremes can be used to prove that the planet is warming, which by neological extension must be due to human activity. White gold. Of course, a global cooling activist could make the same argument. More snow due to colder temperatures and a longer winter, and less snow due to colder temperatures and a reduced ability of the air to supply moisture. But those people are few and far between. Again, let's go back to our three requirements, moisture, a mechanism, and cold temperatures. We have not talked about the other requirement, a mechanism. I remember back in the winter of 1995-1996 when I was on sabbatical leave at the University of Virginia. Central Virginia and much of the Mid-Atlantic region was blanketed in deep snow due to a nor'easter that struck the East Coast during the second week in January. Activists pointed out during the event that this was indeed caused by global warming because of the warmer air temperatures and the warmer Gulf Stream that fueled this storm. The late Dr. Patrick Michaels became militant as a result of this. It was his argument, a correct one I might add, that such storms are not starved for moisture. Heavy snowfall in the Mid-Atlantic region comes from a major storm, often a nor'easter, that stalls over the region. The longer it remains, the more snow it produces. Pat was able to go back into the weather records and show that the heaviest snowfalls in central Virginia came as a result of the same weather pattern that occasionally affects the region. So we can ask the question, does a parameter related to snowfall exist that allows us to discern a true shift in our climate? In other words, if climate change can create more snow and less snow, is there a snowfall-related parameter that we can use to see if the snowfall suggests the planet is or is not warming, or if it is cooling for that matter? As it turns out, there is. The spatial coverage of snow in the Northern Hemisphere is a good indicator of the air temperature of the Northern Hemisphere. Since we are only looking at snow cover and not depth, That should be a good indicator of the hemispheric temperature. Moreover, snow cover provides positive feedback. Snow blanketing large land areas will reflect more energy, since snow is white, thereby cooling the hemisphere and creating even more snow cover. By contrast, warming leads to less snow cover, which exposes more land underneath. This land is usually darker, thereby warming the hemisphere even more and leading to less snow cover. So if we look at a time series of Northern Hemisphere snow cover, what do we see? Data from the Rutgers University Global Snow Lab shows lots of variability in North American snow cover, but no long-term trend going all the way back to just before 1970, the last 50 years. The Eurasian data show a dramatic drop in the late 1980s, but that can be attributable to the fall of the Soviet Union and the loss of their extensive observational network. I will put the links to these graphs in the podcast notes. Moreover, data from the Finnish Meteorological Institute, Environment Canada, and Rutgers all show that the 2022 2023 winter season is fluctuating around the 56 year maximum value, with last week's coverage actually setting a new record maximum. So, where are all the media reports of this new record maximum? Well, I finally did find a mention of it. In severe weather, Europe. But they were more interested in the fact that this could lead to a cold early winter, obviously a potentially huge concern for heating homes in Europe this winter. As for coverage in the United States, climate change follows Meyer's law. If the data do not conform to the theory, the data must be ignored. Thank you for listening to Created to Rain, produced by the Cornwall Alliance for the stewardship of creation. If you enjoyed this episode, please leave us a five-star rating on Apple Podcasts or on Spotify and share the episode link with your friends. To learn more or to support our ministry with a 100% tax-deductible donation, please visit cornwallalliance.org. Until next time, I am David Arley Gates, and may God richly bless you.